Yo, 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 this is the first episode of Joe's podcast, Joe's Stupid Podcast, and um, I really didn't think of a better time to do this than, than right now, because I always wanted to talk about Christmas movies, and um, we're going to get back get into that a little bit later. Um, if you didn't, if you don't know what the podcast is going to be about, you can listen to the trailer. Uh, it's basically just me rambling on about things that I like in TV and movies, and what I'm watching, and... Um, since no one else really likes to listen to me talk about movies and TV shows in my life, I'm just going to talk about it to this phone right here. So, uh, here we go. I mean, this is the first episode. Hopefully, you guys enjoy it. I'll make some more if I don't fizzle out. Um, okay. So, before I get into my top 10 Christmas movies, I want to talk about this show, The Undoing, on HBO Max. The show on the Undoing HBO Max is basically it's a murder it's a murder mystery type of uh, show, and I have to say it, it was it was pretty it's pretty engulfing like you you're just invested in in everything I mean it had me invested the whole way every episode every scene um, Nicole Kidman was great I mean she was great in certain aspects she really can't do an English accent which is terrible she, like her Australian just bleeds through. Um, you Grant was pretty good. Uh, I don't really love you Grant. You know, he's he's okay. Um, but he was good in this. I mean, I definitely suggest, if you like murder mystery type shows, um, to definitely check this one out. This is definitely a, uh, a must-watch for me. If you're into murder mystery type shows and movies... Um, there's some there's some twists there's some non twists um, that 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 won't make sense right now but uh, you'll you'll f- understand what I'm why I'm saying that but eventually if you watch the show but it was good I, I mean I give I give it a B plus if anybody cares about that I'm not sure anybody does but I give it a B plus and uh, yeah I mean that's my basically my uh, my little short review of the undoing I mean it's you know um, Nicole Kidman is uh, pretty, pretty hot still, you know. She's, uh, that was my um, my Larry David impression. Pretty, pretty good. So, um, let's go, let's just go into the top ten Christmas movies. Um, okay, now before I start this, I want to make this very clear. This is just my opinion. Um, I'm not going to be fighting with people over this. This is just what I like. Not necessarily the best. The best. These aren't the best Christmas movies. These are my favorite top ten, my top ten Christmas movies. Okay, first, number ten, number ten, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Great movie. You could pretty much watch it in between Christmas and and uh, actually in between Halloween and Christmas at any time. Since it it basically is a, is a mesh of both both holidays. And, uh, yeah, I like to watch it. I watch it every year. I'm a big Tim Burton guy. Um, this is, I mean, obviously, see, this is the thing, though, with, with the, that. There's a, actually um, a Netflix call, a show called The Holiday, the Holiday Movies That Made Us. And it's a spinoff of the show, The Movies That Made Us. And they basically go into, you know, the making of the movies, yada, yada. So The, holidays movie, the Holiday Movies That Made Us um, had two episodes, Elf and Nightmare Before Christmas. So I watched the Nightmare Before Christmas one, and I'm pretty sure I watched the documentary a while ago 
of uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, but Tim Burton really didn't have much to do with this movie. Like he had the name, he had the uh, the original the original artwork and design of the characters and the story was all him, but it was actually directed by somebody else. Um, let me see. It was directed by let me see. Before Christmas, I forgot his name. Uh, he it was uh, directed by Henry Selick. And this poor bastard gets no recognition for this movie. I mean, he gets no recognition, nothing. And he also had um, a lot to do with. Um... Oh, he went to Rutgers. I didn't know that. He uh, he did something. I think we did. What did he do? Cor he did Coraline. Coraline? Yeah, Coraline. Whatever. But getting back to Nightmare Before Christmas, the movie's the movie's terrific. I mean, if you haven't seen it. Definitely check it out. Wonderful Christmas movie. A little creepy. I don't know if you have kids or not. I mean, it definitely... I think it, it could be... Like, a kid could watch it. I mean, I don't think it's that big of a deal. It came out in 93. Um, it, can, it can be scary for really young kids at times with the with the whole Boogie Yogi Man and shit, but... Um, well, the budget was $26 million and it made $91 million. Hmm. Interesting. You have voices, uh, voices by Paul Rubens, P.B. Herman, uh, Catherine O'Hara voices, um, I think, uh, Sally, Danny Elfman, Sings for Jack, and Chris Sarandon, another unknown, is the actual voice of Jack. Uh, he was, uh, Prince Humperdinck in The, uh, Princess Bride. And, uh, so yeah, number 10, Nightmare Before Christmas. Going to number 9. Four Christmases. Just a hilarious, hilarious movie. Probably one of, I think one of Vince Vaughn's probably top, uh, top three comedies that he's done. You're talking about, you can talk about Dodgeball and, um, Wedding Crashes. Uh, this, this, I mean, it's probably, it probably is three, in my opinion, anyway. Uh, Reese Witherspoon is great. You have a great cast. John Favreau, uh, Tim McGraw is in this movie. Uh, Kristen Chenoweth, Mary Steenburgen, John Voight, Sissy Spacek, Robert Duvall. Um, you got a who's who, basically. And uh, I hate saying that. As a, oh, it's, a, it's a who's who of uh, a who's who of great actors. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's a fun, fun little um, movie to watch with a uh, with a spouse or a significant other. Directed by Seth Gordon. Um, I'm not sure what he's done. What has he done? I really have not done any research with this at all, so forgive me, folks. He's also directed Horrible Bosses, Identity Thief, and Baywatch, which was horrible. So, uh, budget was $80 million and made 163 Not bad. But another good movie. And that's my number nine Christmas movie. Okay, my number eight Christmas movie. And this is actually a pretty newer one. It's a newer one. And that is The Night Before. The Night Before came out in 2015. Uh, it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Seth Rogen, Anthony Mackie. Uh, they star along with Lizzie Kaplan, Jillian Bell, Mindy Kaling from The Office. Narrated by Tracy Morgan. I usually like to watch this like once a year um, with my friends. You know, smoke a little weed and watch The Night Before. Um... Produced by Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen, definitely uh, a newer, newer holiday movie, 
Uh, it has some elements of Hanukkah and Kwanzaa too, I think. Um, but it's good. It's good. You got Michael Shannon. He plays a drug dealer. Um, it's funny. It's you, you know, it's a it's a good old time. You know, if you want to give a give a watch, it's fun. So that's number number eight. Number seven is a classic. Jingle all the way. Now, jingle all the way. This movie, I have seen probably about 40 to 50 times. And it's just just hilarious. It's the, 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 one of the most quotable movies. Not, not even Christmas movies. One of the most quotable movies of all time. Um, hey, little girl. How about the Sandy Red Ball? Um, Phil Hartman's great. Um, I guess it, I got... I got a turbo man for Johnny months ago. It's nestled safely under our tree. <laughs> um, oh wow, I didn't know that. I'm re- actually I'm reading um, one of the things, and uh, Chris Columbus, the uh, director for Home Alone one and two, he produced this movie, and he actually wanted to cast Joe Pesci as Myron, but they chose Sinbad instead. Hmm. Hmm. Wonder how that would have went. That's interesting. I guess uh, they couldn't cast Joe Pesci in another like uh, villainous Christmas role, but Sinbad was good. I mean, he's, he fit the he fit the role pretty well. Um, but you got little baby Anakin Skywalker in there. Um, Phil Hartman really, st- really he re- he steals his scenes, man. He's hysterical. I remember like being a kid and like my dad watching the movie with me, and he just my, even my dad just laughed. Laughed at Phil Hartman, the shit he said. Just funny shit. I mean, just a, a great comedy. I mean, 1996 and um, the big shows in it. Uh, you know, he's one of the one of the uh, Santa Clauses in the uh, little buddy when they when Schwarzenegger punches. Uh, I think is that is that Vern Troyer? Is Vern Troyer the uh, the Santa Claus that gets knocked knocked off of? Um, it is. Oh wow. Okay. Uncredited, Vern Troy as Mini Santa. Uncredited. Hmm. Interesting. Chris Parnell's in it. Uh, from SNL. You know, um, like I said, Big Show, Paul White, Jim Pelushi's in it. You know, he's the, the main Santa. Hey, hey, looking for a uh, Turbine doll. Martin Mull's in it. It's a weird, weird, uh, weird cast. But uh, what happened to his, what happened to Jake Lloyd, man? The kid Jake Lloyd who played Jamie. He is just—he's looking—he's looking bad, man. He looks like—he looks like the guy, a gas attendant you would see in like Alabama. That like comes out to to fill your tank up with like a cigarette in his mouth and like a like a, a Dr Pepper in his hand. He looks horrible, man. What happened to this kid? And he had—he had every—he had everything. He was friggin'—he was young Anakin Skywalker. You know, I don't get it. What the hell happened to him, man? He was in Phantom Menace. And then he just... Well, he was in... First he was in Jingle All The Way. Then he was in Phantom Menace. And then he just disappeared. The kid just vanished. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know what the hell happened. 
In 2012, Lloyd explained that his decision to retire from acting in 2001 was due to bullying at school and harassment by the press, both in, his respo- both in response to his role in The Phantom Menace. Well, that's terrible. Now I feel bad. Was he really, he was, he was getting bullied for being a uh, successful actor? I, I, don't, I don't get that. I guess kids could really, you could find a way to bully you for anything these days, I guess. That's terrible. But, okay, so Jingle All The Way. Getting on a more lighter note. That's not, Jingle All The Way is number seven. Now number six. Number six. Um, yeah, so number six, I'm going Elf. Elf, uh... Another classic. I mean, you can't really. What could you say about Elf? Wolf Prowl's terrific. You know, directed by John Favreau. Who John John Favreau is just like, he's become this guy who's just. He's just a great director. I mean, what what, what could be said? I mean, he directed what he what he's directed. Made Elf, Iron Man, Iron Man Two, Chef, The Jungle Book, The Lion King was eh. But he's also like you know. In charge of pretty much in charge of the Mandalorian at this point. Um, yeah, he he's he's really he's really done a hell of a job. I mean, he's acted in tons of shit too. He wrote Swingers. He wrote uh, Couples Retreat. He wrote you know he directed, acted, and uh, wrote Chef, which is another great movie. Um, but yeah, Elf. So Elf is. Uh, the budget was thirty-three million. It made two hundred and twenty-three million. Holy shit! You know what I noticed a lot about these? You know, Mary Steenburgen. She's in a lot of Christmas movies. She must love Christmas. This this lady. She must love Christmas. For those of you who don't know, Mary Steenburgen is the mother in Step Brothers. Um. Hopefully, that could clear it up for you. But she's in tons. She's in a lot of Christmas movies. So you got Will Ferrell, James Caan, Zoe Deschanel, Mary Steenburgen. Um. The kid's name is Daniel Tay. I don't know what happened to him. I'll look into that in a second. Uh, Bob Newhart is Papa Elf in the beginning. This also, Elf was also an episode in um, the holiday movies that made us on Netflix. So that's a, that was another great episode where they did a lot of um, uh, stuff they talk about uh, behind the scenes. Faison Love's in it. Um, something happened recently with Faison Love and he like called out. He got at the, the productions. He he got at the studio that released Couples Retreat because supposedly Couples Retreat, in their promo in their promo posters, they discluded him and his, um, the actress who plays his girlfriend in the in the in the poster. For some reason, and he said it was it was racist or whatever. Um, but I guess him and I guess him and Favreau kind of have a friendship or whatever. But, um, yeah, he's in it. Peter Dinklage, a young Peter Dinklage, may I add, before years and years before Game of Thrones, uh, plays Miles Finch, the um, the author. Uh, Amy Sedaris is in it. Andy Richter shows up somehow. Artie Lang is in the movie. He plays a uh, fake Santa. You know, even Favreau is in it. Peter Billingsley, Peter Billingsley is in the movie. Um, Peter, for those of you who don't know, Peter Billingsley is Ralphie in A Christmas Story. <clears throat> Ralphie in a Christmas story. And uh, he plays okay, see so he plays Ming Ming, the head elf in Santa's workshop. And he also I think he also wrote oh he directed he directed Couples Retreat. Yeah, so the guy, Ralphie from Christmas Story, directed Couples Retreat. 
So uh, process process that in your head for a second. Um, he also was in uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home. Hmm, I forgot about that. That's right. He was in Four Coincidences. He was in Iron Man. Um, I digress. Okay, so then you have Peter Billingsley. Um, yeah, I mean, Elf is great. I mean, it doesn't just just hilarious. The story is good. The acting is good. James Kahn is great. And there's there's there was some story. Um, if you watched uh, the holiday movies um, that made us, there's a story about how. The whole entire cast and crew was scared for James Conn to come on set the first time because he's no he's like notorious for being a dickhead actor, you know, being a, a an asshole to the, to the crew and stuff. And he uh, the first day he gets there, and he's like this this happy this happy go lucky guy, and like everybody was so relieved when he finally when he finally uh, showed up on set. Um, so he checked that out. Definitely check that out. Um, if you haven't seen Elf, I don't know, you must be living under a rock. Uh, Zoe Deschanel is so young in this movie. So young. I love her. In, I love her in this. I love her in uh, in uh, Yes Man. She's even, she's, you know, she's great in New, uh, New Girl. And so that is my number six movie. So, going on to number five. Okay, number five. Number five. A Christmas Story. Now, a lot. It, this movie gets a lot of flack. People say it's overrated. It's not. It's 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 boring. It's this or that. When I was a kid, I really didn't like the Christmas Story. I was I was I was on the same same page as you guys. I was bored. It was slow. It was you know it, it takes place in the. Uh, was it take place in the fifties or, or the sixties? I don't even know. Um, I think the fifties, maybe even, maybe even earlier uh, earlier than that. Maybe the forties. When does it take place? I'm sorry. Uh, it takes place in. Well, the book was the book was nineteen sixty six. Hmm. But there's a, I think it's the 40s because when they go to the mall, the Wizard of Oz characters are running around, and that's that was 1939. So I'm thinking maybe the 40s, maybe the 50s. But yeah, it was just it was just boring. It was when I was a kid, it was boring to me. I did nothing, nothing funny happens. You have this old guy talking over the whole movie, um, Gene Shepard, who's just like infamous narrator, I guess. I don't even know. Who was Gene? I don't even know who Gene Shepard was. Like they always says, "Oh, Gene Shepard." Oh, he's just apparently he's just famous. I'm reading it now. He's this famous radio guy. Um, oh wow. Hmm. Gene Shepard. Huh. Yeah. So Gene Shepard was this uh, this radio personality apparently, and. Um, yeah, I guess I, I don't know. I just I guess that's why the reason it was always boring to me. But as I got older and I watched it, um, Christmas Day, there's something charming about it. There's something that's kind of that kind of resonated with me as I got to maybe like 15, 16 years old, and it kind of reminded me of my youth a little bit. Um, the relationships with the kids and 
you know, uh, being a kid and, and wanting a specific toy and, you know, not get not getting it on Christmas and then and then finally, you know, your parents hide it somewhere and then they tell you to look over there and dealing with the whole uh, the whole um, clothing that your mom wanted you to wear because your aunt bought it for you or whatever. And um, it was really good. I mean, I, I, I love it. I like I could watch it every year. Um, some people still don't really like it that much. There's something charming about it, you know. I don't know. The one, the one, the one uh, quote that I always quote my friends is when Ralphie's in his dream sequence, and um, he comes in, he comes in blind, and he just got, they just got done. It's after his mother uh, put soap in his mouth for saying, you know, fuck instead of fudge, and. Um, He's in a dream sequence, and he comes in blind, and his parents are like, "What happened, Ralphie? What happened?" And Ralphie goes, "It, it, it was soap poisoning." And his dad, the dad goes, "Oh!" He bells so loud, and I always, uh, I always imitate that with my friends for some reason. But yeah, I love, I love Christmas Story, so that's why it's uh, number five for me. And moving on to number four. A Christmas vacation. Is it Christmas vacation or just Christmas vacation? Christmas vacation. National Lampoon's Christmas vacation. Now this movie is another one where I really didn't appreciate as a kid. Produced by John Hughes, the infamous John Hughes. For those of you, let me just before I get into this, for those of you, for those of you who don't know John Hughes, John Hughes was a filmmaker. More, more or less, he was a, a writer, producer. And the, the these movies these movies are all credited to John Hughes. John Hughes has he passed away in two thousand nine at the age of fifty nine. Um, but all these movies are accredited to John Hughes's brilliance. National Lampoon's Vacation, European Vacation, Christmas Vacation, Mister Mom, Sixteen Candles, Weird Science, The Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Pretty in Pink, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Uncle Buck. Dennis the Menace, Baby's Day Out, the Beethoven franchise, Home Alone, Home Alone 2, and even, you know, even Home Alone 3, but all those movies are under, under John Hughes's, you know, under his, uh, his influence, which is amazing, I mean, the guy has a, his, his, his catalog of work is just tremendous, and, uh, this movie is, you know, nothing, um, nothing short of just great, uh, up and down the board, regardless of how how much of a dick Chevy Chase is, and I actually learned that this movie was supposed to be directed by Chris Columbus, who directed Home Alone, Home Alone Two, um, the first two Harry Potter's, um, I think Rookie of the Year, maybe. Not sure about that, but uh, it was supposed to be directed by Chris Columbus. Chris Columbus was directing for the first like week or so. And he did. Chevy Chase wouldn't even talk to Chris Columbus. Like he's Chevy Chase is such such a such a douchebag. He wouldn't even talk to Chris Columbus, the director. So Chris Columbus was like, I can't do. It. He Chris Columbus called John Hughes. Was like, I can't do this. I can't work with Chevy Chase. The guy, the guy just he won't. It's impossible to work with him. It's like, all right, fine. We'll get somebody else. Whatever. Uh, I have this other movie for you. I have this other movie for you. That um, 
I think will suit you better, which ended up being Home Alone. So I think uh, Hughes chose right on that, on, on sticking, um, sticking, uh, you know, um, Chris Columbus with uh, on Home Alone. So Christification stars Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, who, I mean, listen, when I was a young teenager... I was like 15, 16, 17, and I was watching this movie. She's just, I mean, she is gorgeous, man. I, I, I loved her. Loved her. And then she came up, she ended up coming up again in my life when I watched Entourage. And she was uh, one of uh, Ari Gold's um, arch enemies. I forgot her name. What was her name in Entourage? Let me see. Her name in Entourage. What was her name in Entourage? Um, Barbara Miller, Barbara Miller. That's my that's my Ari girl. That's my Ari Golden for, uh, impression. Barbara Miller, horrible. But yeah, she was gorgeous. Juliette Lewis, Johnny, a young Johnny Galecki, uh, plays Russ. It's so weird how every single, you know, every single vacation movie. Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo, their characters stay the same. And the, the the actor who plays Audrey and Russ differ and their age differs. Which was so I, I just don't I didn't understand why they did that. I guess they didn't they didn't want to make it seem like it was the same, but it was the same family, so I don't I don't understand why they did that. They could have at least kept the age, you know, the age uh the same, you know? Like I remember, remember in um in the first vacation, the first vacation, uh, Russ is older. Russ is older than Audrey, and then this one, Audrey's older, and then the Vegas, Vegas vacation, they're about the same age. And European uh, European vacation, I think. Uh, some is uh, I think Audrey's older again, which is it's just weird. I don't I don't know why they they chose to do that. Um. You know, in the first one, Anthony Michael Hall was Russ. Then it was some guy named Jason Lively, who I don't know. And then Johnny Glucky. Yeah, I don't know. Also, Doris Roberts is in this. She plays Ellen's mom. You got Randy Quaid as Cousin Eddie. Shitter was full! Then you have uh, Cody Berger. Don't know who that is. Um... Brian Doyle Murray, Bill Murray's Bill Murray's brother plays Clark's boss, Frank Shirley, which is pretty funny. Um, and Julie Julia Louis Dreyfus and Nicholas Guest play uh, Todd and Margot next door. So why is the carpet all wet, Todd? I don't know, Margot. So that's that. And, uh, yeah, I love this movie. Great movie. My number four movie. And now we will make our way into the top three. My number three movie. My number three Christmas movie is Home Alone 2. Lost in New York. Now, okay, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this probably. Because the thing with Home Alone is... It's really a it's really a uh, a recency bias. Like which people ask me which Home Alone is better, which Home Alone do you like the best, and I go back and forth because if I've seen Home Alone two a lot recently, 
then I'll say, you know what? I really want to watch Home Alone because I've seen Home Alone 2 so much. And if I've seen Home Alone a lot recently, I'll be like, you know what? I haven't seen Home Alone 2. I want to watch Home Alone 2. And it ends up being that, like, the movie that I saw the, the last... The movie I saw last, I always feel like I like a little bit more. So it's really never going to... There's always going to be 1A, 1B to me. Um, it's it's hard to explain. But before I get into the top three, which is a difficult difficult type of uh, explanation, because um, you can say, oh, it's 1A, 1B. How is, how is Home Alone 2 number three? I'll explain in a second. So this movie... I mean, Home Alone 1, 2, like, what, could you, what could you say about it? Chris Columbus directed this again. He was on again, returning re- returning Macaulay Culkin, Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, John Hurd, Catherine O'Hara, all returning. Tim Curry added to the, the cast, which is tremendous. Music by John Williams again, which John Williams in the first one was a long shot to make, to, to uh, compose the, to compose, but somehow Chris Columbus wrote a letter to him and was like, please, I would appreciate it if you you were uh, the did the music on on my film. Chris and um, John Williams loved the movie so much that he decided to do the music for it, which is mind boggling. Um, that also could be seen in um, movies that made us, because Home Alone for some reason is in the movies that made us um, series, not holiday movies that made us. Um, so this movie, the second one. Had a budget of twenty-eight million and made three hundred sixty million. Takes place in New York. You have uh, the Pigeon Lady. Now, what's better? Who's the better character, the Pigeon Lady or Old Man Molly? I like Old Man Molly better. Some people like the Pigeon Lady, Pigeon Lady better. I mean, they're pretty much the same exact character. You know, Kevin's not really sure at first. Should I trust this person first? This. This woman lives with pigeons. This man stares at kids in the window creepily for some reason. Who should I try to trust them? They ends up being an, uh, they end up being a really nice person. You know, that's the old um, you know, uh, don't judge a book by its cover. Is actually a, a really nice person inside. Um, that whole that whole shtick. You got uh, Kieran Culkin in, in again as Fuller, his brother, who's also in a show called Succession right now with HBO, which is top of the line. Um, I'm all over the place, but Rob Schneider's in it, uh, from SNL, you know, the famous Rob Schneider, uh, from all those Adam Sandler movies, Donald Trump makes a cameo, which, you know, Donald Trump has to be in, uh, has to be in the movie if it's from the New York, um, <laughs> I'm just busting balls, um, so that's my number, number three, Christmas movie of all time and that makes us that brings us to the number two movie now I'm gonna give you my number one movie first actually how should I do this okay my number two movie once I tell you my number two movie you're gonna know the number one movie so I'll tell you number one right now and that's Home Alone and for all the reasons why I just said Home Alone 2 was number number 3, Home Alone is my number 1. I could just watch that movie over and over and over again. Never get tired of it. Never get sick of it. Angels with Dirty Souls. Angels with Dirty Souls or Angels with Filthy Souls? Um, they, made a, they, made, they made a movie for the movie. 
They made a scene of the movie for the movie, which is probably one of the best made-up scenes in the history of film that you'll see. Um, hold it right there. It's me, Snakes. I got the dough for you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I, it's, I mean, what, 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 there are really no words for this movie. I mean, Home Alone and Home Alone 2 I grew up on. I, I used to watch them religiously as, as a kid. Um, Home Alone uh, Home Alone 2 more so, I think, because I actually had a VHS of Home Alone 2. Home Alone, I also had a VHS but it was taped off of TV with Edward Scissorhands. So I would watch those movies back to back. Even though I was scared shit of Edward Scissorhands. Um, so I always... This movie was had a budget of $28 million and also made 360 Actually, no, that's not right. This is... Um, let me see. No, that's not right. Home Alone had a budget of $18 million and made 477 Holy shit. That's incredible. That's incredible. And also, given the fact that Warner Brothers was originally producing the movie, this could also be uh, be seen on um, movies that made us in the Home Alone episode. Warner Brothers was making the movie, and they gave Chris Columbus a budget of, I think, ten million. And they said, "Listen, you can't go over ten million. If you go over ten million, you're done. We have to shut shut it down." So they were making the movie, and in the process, they're like, oh, yeah, it's going to be over a little bit. It's going to be about $13 million. And for some reason, Warner Bros. was like, we can't be, we're not doing it. It went $3 million over the budget, and Warner Bros. was like, we're not doing it. Shut it down. So it turns out Chris Columbus had some hooks with some other people, and Fox picked up, uh, 20th, 20th Century Fox picked up the movie, ended up making it for like, I think, what is it, $18 million? $18 million. And ended up being one of the biggest fucking movies of all time on uh, on a holiday weekend. I mean, I don't even know. It it it's it held the it held the record for the highest grossing live action comedy ever until it was taken overtaken by The Hangover Part Two in two thousand eleven. Um, it got Academy Award nominations for Best Original Score from John Williams. And best original song by John Williams, somewhere in my memory. Somewhere in my memory. Um, well, I mean, what could be said? You had Joe Pesci, you had Daniel Stern, two, two. Actually, Daniel Stern, he was supposed to be was supposed to be somebody else cast as Marv, which I can't imagine. It was some guy. I don't even know who he was to be honest with you. It was some other guy. He he wasn't. He didn't didn't look like he would fit the role. So I'm glad that he ended up and ultimately went to Daniel Stern. Um, and yeah, so Home Alone 1, my number one. I remember I have, I st- well, this is from Home Alone 2, but I still have the Talk Boy from Home Alone 2. I got the Talk Boy, uh, the little, this is Peter McAllister, the father. I have that little uh, recorder. I still have that. Home Alone 1, I remember buying the video games. I have, I still have the board game that came out when Home Alone came out. Um, I mean, just an all-time, all-time classic Home Alone. And if you're, if you're, if you, I mean, if, if you've never seen this, I, I, I just, 
I feel sorry for you. But if you have kids, please make sure they watch this movie. Let this movie carry on for years and years and years. Even though it might be a little outdated now, like a kid would be like, "Why did he just? He's how come the six? How come the six-year-old, the seven-year-old didn't just text his mom that he was home?" Well, honey, you see, technology did not exist. We had a landline, honey. A landline? What's that, mom? Well, you could be on the phone, but you have to be actually on the phone. And you couldn't leave the house when you were on the phone. Huh? So there's that There's that whole thing that I look forward to with, with my kid eventually. But home number one, and then we go to number two, which is the Grinch. And you know what? The Grinch is just... I can't I can't explain the the influence that the Grinch had on me as as a a sixth grader. This movie came out in two thousand. I was going into the sixth grade. I've never seen acting like this in my life. Jim Carrey should have won every single Academy Award possible. He could do nothing ever again, and this this would be when you watch the movie, you just you, you can't imagine anybody else doing a better job. Like, you think about Robin Williams, and you think about Mike Myers, all the other great, you know, um, character comedy actors. I just don't think it, they would be able to, to do with Jim Carrey was able to do with this character. You know? Um, directed by Ron Howard, who was a tremendous director. Um, screenplay. Hmm, interesting. I never, I never saw it. The screenplay was written by Jeffrey Price and Peter Seaman. Seaman. Um, yeah, that's a, too much of an easy joke. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna indulge. Um, they also, they also wrote Who Framed Roger Rabbit, um, Wild Wild West, and Shrek the Third. So I'm not really sure how they were able to pull off. Um, I'm sorry. I don't know how they got the job for the for for this. The credentials weren't that 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 great, but I'm sure they knew somebody down the line. Um, Jeffrey Tambor, Anthony Hopkins is an area. Jeffrey Tambor, the mayor. Christine Bar- Baran- Baran- uh, Baransky, Christine Baransky, Martha May Huvier. Um, you know what else is weird too? I never. I've I've always I've always thought this, but I never really like thought about it too deeply. You had every every single um, every person's last name was who. So were they were they all related to some degree? I I don't know. I don't know. Vern Choi was in this again. Oh wow, Ron Howard put uh Ron Ron Howard put his daughter in it, Bryce Dallas Howard from Jurassic World and um Mirror Mirror but just says as surprise too. So I'm guessing she was just a young child extra. Um Wow. Yeah, so this movie the budget was one twenty three, did three forty five just a great movie. I mean, this is another classic, another quotable. We, I, we could just quote this movie for days and never get tired of it. Imitating Jim Carrey. Amazing. 
Um, so that's my number two. And I think okay. So let me the, the honorable mentions. Polo Express. Okay, the song's better than the movie. Um, Harold and Kumar. It's fun, but it's stupid. The Santa Claus. I think Santa Claus is overrated. I think it's boring. Uh, I didn't like it as a kid really that much. I mean, it was, it was okay. Growing up, I still didn't like it. I mean, it was it was, it was all right. You know, Tim Allen's okay. Um, it just didn't do anything for me. I don't know. It's, it's missing something. It's missing some type of charm. So I don't. I don't know. Um, I get it's. I get it's Disney. I'm a big Disney guy. Believe me. But I don't know. Just missing something. Uh, Fred Claus was okay. It was eh. Not one of Vince Vaughn's best. Vince Vaughn has really loved Christmas. He has. He's in two Christmas movies. Hmm. But yeah, that was okay. Um, and that's it. And I'm uh, whatever you know. I was thinking about the other day. Whatever happened to the TV specials, like the Christmas TV specials? I remember, like in the '90s, I remember two specifically. Full House had a a Christmas special where there was an old man in a in a garage, played by Mickey Rooney, I think, and Uncle Jesse and Michelle get stuck in the garage somehow, and he's like he's like this old grump. And then they realize that he was just grumpy because he was alone for Christmas, and they they bring him back, and they're all happy with. Like you don't see you don't see great Christmas specials anymore, and it's sad. I guess because you really don't see great great sitcoms anymore. But I don't know. I feel like sitcoms are just a dying a dying breed, especially the ones with the audiences in the background. Those are great. And Saved by the Bell had one that I remember specifically where um, there was a homeless man. And his daughter, I don't, I'm trying to remember, they lived in like the mall. Like, they, like she got a job and then she was accused of stealing and um, Zach was like trying to defend her and stuff. And then Zach finds out that, that the, old, the homeless man in the bathroom who was shaving was her father. And they find out they're homeless and they invite them over to, to, to Zach's house for Christmas dinner. And like it's this, this big thing, like they put on, they put on a, uh, a play like the, the the store puts on a play in the mall, which is very very weird, and e- even weirder that they put a play on in a mall. Um, but yeah, that was a great special Christmas special. Christmas episodes in general, I think, are are terrific. I think The Office had a couple of great ones. Friends, um, did Friends have any good Christmas? I mean, I'm trying to think. I know Friends had a Friends had a Thanksgiving one that was pretty good, but Christmas ones I really don't remember that much. Um, but the office did. The office definitely did. And uh, I've had Moroccan Christmas. I've had uh, <laughs> Stanley's hysterical. I just want George. I just want regular plain old baby Jesus in a manger Christmas. Um, yeah. So I don't want to do these do these too long. I guess a half hour is good. I'm gonna. Um, I'll probably do another one, just going over some of the stuff that Disney Investor Meeting, um, what they dropped, some of the stuff they dropped, which they they just released a ton, a ton of information of their projects coming up, coming out, and I really don't want to go over them too much because I know people have heard from other podcasts and stuff the whole deal, but I'll go over a few that I really am looking forward to. Um, I'll go over those in more depth. Uh, my next, my next one, which I'll probably do next week, and that's pretty much it. I mean, for you three people listening out there, 
um, my mom, my sister, and um, uh, Thomas in uh, St. Louis, Missouri. I really appreciate you guys listening, and uh, if you have any questions, I'll, uh, I'm going to make a Joe Stupid Podcast Twitter account, so you could probably follow me there, and I'll uh, see you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye.